You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right. What is up, Faithful? Really excited to be with you today. And what we're doing today is different. Uh, We haven't done this in the past. Uh, I know a lot of people ask me uh, repeatedly to have guests on. And here's the deal. It's really rough arranging things because my schedule is almost always insane uh, with teaching and the family and film and all that kind of stuff. Usually, a big reason why I don't have guests on that that often is because scheduling is rough. I have a very limited time that I can record. um, And so whenever I can record, I record. I, I can't sit around and wait for whatever. But I made a huge exception because I love these two guys, and I think you're going to love them too. The Fourth and Gold podcast with Matt and Javi, uh, just two of the best 49ers guys out there. And so I decided to have them on and to talk through just a whole bunch of issues. So uh, this is not a live recorded podcast just because we had uh, I had some audio issues that I had to edit and all those things, and I wanted it to be the best quality uh, out there just because I'm not used to doing it. But uh, we will be back. Uh, the next podcast, we will be having uh, our giveaways for Countdown Crew, so all that stuff coming soon for the Brandon IU drawing. I'll be getting that out in the mail for you guys soon, and a lot more coming uh, your way for the 49ers Rush podcast. And again, just want to say thank you to everybody, the new Patreon subscribers. Subscribers, I love it. A uh, couple different things. Number one, just got finished uploading the Emmanuel Mosley breakdown, 30 plus minutes. And man, we've had a lot of new people join again. It's completely free. 
Patreon is completely free for the rest of the month. You can watch as many breakdowns as you... There's more breakdowns than you have time for in one month's time. But head over there, check it out. And I do want to say thank you to Fiona, um, Giancarlos, Rudy, Philip. Lots of new people signing up. Really do appreciate that. Uh, Ernesto, uh, again, just want to say thank you. Uh, it, it means a lot to me. And I want to make sure that I provide something that nobody else does out there. Uh, but before we uh, move on, I do want to just have to real quick word from our sponsor and then we're going to jump into the interview and as always just want to say thank you guys for the continued support i just want to give a real quick shout out to our sponsor i love this betonline.ag these guys are awesome they have supported the uh, podcast and all of blue wire podcasts for a while now they are a great company and here's the deal with currently no nba nhl mlb football whatever you there's no sports we get it but here's the deal you can still go out and bet. Um, our exclusive partner, betonline.he, still has hundreds of events, games, props to wager on. From their online casinos to poker, blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Now, uh, if you're missing the NFL, um, no problem. They have live daily, every single day. Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. So you can still bet on TV shows like Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, all those things, stock prices, religion, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can bet on everything. BetOnline.ag. It's open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. So head over there. Here's the deal. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, one word, BLUEWIRE, to join today. Receive your new welcome bonus, BetOnline.ag, your online wagering solution. Head over there. Sign up now. All right, really excited today. Uh, got two handsome fellows with me. Uh, two great people <laughs> that if you are any stranger whatsoever to the 49ers world, you know these two guys, Javier Vega and Matt Barr. How are we doing, gentlemen? How are things? Hot. Very hot in Texas. Hot. <laughs> they, they're good on my end. I'm on the first day of a four-day weekend, so I'm loving life right now. You know, just uh, the extended holiday for July 4th from work, so this is nice. America. So real quick, um, if you haven't heard of these guys before, they are amazing. The 4th and Gold podcast, one of the absolute best 49ers podcasts out there. Whether you want to laugh, you want to learn, they both are film guys. They actually know what the hell they're talking about, which is it's an oddity in today's time. But if you haven't followed them on Twitter, uh, Javier, you can follow him at Javier V-E-G underscore. And then Matt Barr is at Matt yeah. Barr underscore. I don't know what's up with the underscores, but uh, I'm with you. Um, the underscore family. <laughs> Why are people taking our names? Uh, that's that's what I want to know. Yeah, oh, I know. I've got an actor. There's an actor, Matt Barr, and he hasn't he doesn't follow anybody. He hasn't tweeted in nearly three years. I keep trying to <laughs> to get with Twitter and try and get the handle so I can drop the underscore off my name and nothing, nothing. I thought once <laughs> I eclipsed him in followers, I'd be fine. And then now I've got ten times the followers he does, and and Twitter won't help me out at all. It's it's a shame. And Javi, I think just. Man. <laughs> Yeah, I think Javi just joined me. Uh, just joined me when he did the uh, underscore on the end of his name. Yeah, had solidarity. To, had to make it the uh, underscore gang for the podcast. <laughs> I, and I'm Unity, baby. I, I see the disrespectful Kyle T-shirt on Javi. Mad respect there, man. And real quick before we jump into a handful of questions, here's what I want to know: How the hell did you guys get your podcast started together? Because you're complete different places in the world. But yeah. uh, how'd that how'd that come about? Um, well, Twitter isn't the greatest place in the world, but it was a good place for me and Matt. 
Uh, Matt had some question about what college running back would be ideal in Kyle Shanahan's system, and I said Miles Sanders, so he completely agreed with me, and we kind of took it from there. But I had started the podcast originally with a buddy of mine, um, my buddy Fernando. He came out with us. Matt met him. We were in mm-hmm. um, for the uh, Atlanta game. Um, but he has a family. He's got a daughter who's in volleyball, and he, you know, she, that takes a lot of his time. So we weren't going to do it anymore. So I was like, you know what? I want to keep pursuing this, and let me just find somebody in the Twitter world because there's plenty of guys on Twitter who know what they're talking about. So me and Matt got to chatting a couple, little bit on just like through tweets, and then I hit him up in a DM, and he said, hey, give me a couple days. I'll, he's like, what do I need? I said, a mic, a laptop, and some headphones. He's like, all right, ordered the mic, ordered the headphones. We'll do this on whatever day, and we kind of just took off. Uh, the first episode, if anyone goes back and listens to it, it's pretty awkward because we didn't know each other. Uh, all our conversations were through text. So this that was the first time we actually ever had like a conversation um, over phone. And it just kind of took off. Uh, Matt has a big following on Twitter, and he's very – he's more active than I am. And he kept pushing it and pushing it. And, you know, towards the end of the year, um, you know, people were hitting us up. My mentions were 1000 1500 1500 every day after the pod would be released so we kind of took off and that's kind of how it started and the initial idea was i was up feeding my son it was like three in the morning i'm like you know what all i love is the 49ers and my kids and my wife so let me just talk about the 49ers and uh that was the original point of the idea but for me and matt that's how it started that's all and yeah i I know this too you know i was looking uh, through a lot of your stuff i subscribe i listen to almost every single episode but man you guys are Y'all turn it on quick because you're already past. I, I think you're right close around the hundred episode tier already. Uh, Two more. That's incredible. Uh, Matt, go ahead, man. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just say yeah. It, um, don't go back and listen to that first episode because actually the first <laughs> thing Javi asked me about is uh, happy ending massages because we did our first episode right <laughs> after the Robert Kraft news came out. So the first <laughs> recorded instance of us talking is him asking me about. Uh, about happy ending massages. So please don't go back and listen to that. Um, but no, it, it, Javi, Javi said it is like he, we were DMing each other. It was the first time we'd ever heard each other's voices was when we sat down to do the first podcast. Um, it's really awkward, but we got real comfortable with each other real fast. And uh, it's consistent hard work for us. Like we knew like, all right, we want to record this. We want to do this. We want to do this. And it, it's gotten so big because we shoot shots. Like, yeah. I mean, we were, we were just, from the half point, you know, from the, from the mid court line, we're throwing up shots to get Adam Rank on, and Adam Rank now wants to come on and wants to help us get other guests, and just all these all these folks have joined us and and promoted on their end. I know Javi had a chance to talk with Benjamin Albright before the Broncos game in the preseason last year when I was out of town. Um, just these big names have come on and helped us gain a lot of confidence. If these guys are willing to talk to us, then anyone's probably willing to listen to us. And yeah. once we got that confidence level up, it's just been. It's just been grinding, you know. We, we do this at least once a week. We're always we're always texting each other. I text like three people in my life, and it's like my <laughs> wife and Javi, and then like one of my buddies from the Marine Corps. That's it. And uh, so it's just been hard work, and we put it together. And I'm I'm really happy it's gone the way it has because uh, Javi's he does all the hard work. I want everyone to know this. When it comes to the podcast, he said all you need is a mic, headphones, and a laptop, and that's all I have. That's all I do. I just run my mouth on the podcast. Javi does all the editing. He does all the graphics. 
He does all the sound production. He does everything for us. So Javi carries this, and he will never say this himself. So I'm going <laughs> to force it on everybody. Javi carries the podcast. I, just I like how even as you said that, uh, Javi like turned to the side and started like working on something to the side. Like <laughs> He's always on bread, man. I love it. All right, so let's jump into this. And I just want to get to know you guys just a little bit more, and then we're going to jump into some stuff on the season that I want your opinions on. But Javi. Who was the very first 49er player that you remember just like kind of falling in love with? Like this was this is my team because of this guy. When did that start for you? Uh Ricky Waters. I was like oh, eight. And then I grew up in Pennsylvania, so he became an Eagle, so I got to watch him as an Eagle too. So uh there was that. Ricky Waters was the first one, and then um Back in the day, back in elementary school, we'd play on the playground, the blacktop, and you know, me and my buddies, I would be Jerry Rice, he'd be Steve Young. Those were the three: Jerry, Steve, and, and Ricky Waters were the three that really set me set me on the Niner path. But Ricky Waters was, it was just great. And then that number thirty-two with the black uh, shit, the, the the drop the drop box letters on the jersey, it was just so clean. And then the way he ran, um, upright, Juke, he'll, he'll spin on you. He, he was, he was ahead of his time because he would cast the ball out of the backfield. He did so much for that 49ers offense uh, the years that he was there. So Ricky Waters was the guy that got it for me, got it started for me. Yeah, those were great times. One of my earliest memories was Garrison Hurst because we would have everybody come over and do a Tecmo Super Bowl uh, bracket, and we'd have about <laughs> 15 go, people, go. right? And you had to pick your team. Everybody went for the 49ers. Like, we'd cast lots. And my second de facto team, it was always the Cardinals because they had Garrison Hurst on there. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you there. So, Matt, what about you, man? Who was the first 49ers player that you remember being like, that's my guy? Kevin Barlow. <laughs> don't, no, don't get me started with Kevin Barlow. Do not get me started with Kevin Barlow. No, uh, my, my, the, I, John, we've talked about it before. The first game I really sat down to watch as a 49ers fan was the Super Bowl against the Chargers. And for me, it was Steve Young. It was the quarterback. It was – it was the guy that threw, you know, six touchdowns in the Super Bowl and just looked so dominant the whole time doing it. And he continued to play so well up until his career was cut short with concussions. And I was actually really bummed out as a kid that I wasn't left-handed. I wanted to be left-handed because I wanted to be like Steve Young. And I couldn't do that. So I, I tried to train myself to be left-handed. I tried to learn how to throw a football left-handed. It did not go well. <laughs> Spoiler I can't throw a football left-handed today. But I was always super disappointed. But I always wore number eight growing up. Because two of my idols growing up, I grew up in the D.C. area, so Baltimore Orioles at the time were the closest team. And it was Cal Ripken and it was Steve Young for me. And those were the two guys that I really looked at as as idols growing up. And, and so number eight was always my number for everything growing up because of Steve Young. Steve All right. Young. I like it. I like it. All right. Let's transition now to the 2020 49ers and kind of moving forward. And Matt, we're going to go with you first. And I want to give you a little bit of time to think about this. Who are the four most important 49ers moving forward for this year that stand out to you as if these players do well, they're going to have a, a perhaps return to the Super Bowl, perhaps finish the whole thing this year and become champions? Who are the four pivotal players, not necessarily most important, but the four most important uh, pivotal players for the 2020 season? Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go in there, but who kind of comes to mind for you um, as the four most important players? So the first two names that popped into my head, I think it's the two best players on the team. I think it's Nick Bosa and George Kittle. Uh, Nick Bosa on the defensive side, we saw the impact that he had on that defensive line and bringing him in with D Ford and then obviously, you know, DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead patrolling the middle. 
Bosa changed the game for the 49ers on defense. And their secondary, which went from being picked on all the time because it could never get any pressure, was all of a sudden top two in the league. And it, it, the secondary is talented, don't get me wrong, but a lot of that hinges on the fact that Nick Bosa and the defensive line get to the quarterbacks. I think Bosa is like one of the, he's one of the key ones. And then, of course, George Kittle. What, what what can be said about George Kittle that hasn't already been said? All you have to do is go back and look at 2019 and look at the games he didn't play in and look at how the offense looked sluggish and they didn't play with the same intensity and they didn't have the same uh, – I'm trying to think of the word – the same – Success running the ball. Yeah, success running the ball. Is, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Success running the ball. They, they, were, they, were least, they were less efficient on third down. Everything. Those are the top two for me. Um, I th- you got to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy Garoppolo comes out and he's just terrible – then the team's in trouble. The team's in trouble. Kyle Shanahan's offense doesn't need a top, top tier quarterback, but it does need someone that can make throws and make plays. And if Jimmy Garoppolo comes out and can't do it, and they have to go back to Nick Mullins, which a lot of people want for some reason. I don't understand it. When you go back and watch Nick Mullins games, he put up decent numbers, but he did it at the expense of efficiency, really, and he wasn't that good. So I, li- I like Nick Mullins, but I don't think he's the future. He's not Corey Sheets. You know, Corey Sheets is our future. Um <laughs> But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then I think I'll say the last one is going to be kind of a wild card here, Jimmy Ward. So Jimmy Ward uh, played so, so well last year for the 49ers. I think he's an incredibly underrated player. He he covers very well. He tackles very well. The one thing he doesn't do is create turnovers. If he can take that part of his game and elevate it to the next level, this defense becomes incredible. A lot of the reasons fans want to go out and get somebody like Jamal Adams is he creates turnovers. And our safeties don't really do that for the 49ers. Uh, but Jimmy Ward is, is maybe the best tackler at the safety position. He single-handedly saved the Saints game with five or six tackles that prevented touchdowns. He's the last man down the field. Um, I think we saw we're going to see a lot more of a three-safety look with Chiquisky uh, Tarts, Ferris Moore, and Jimmy Ward. And Jimmy Ward's flexibility on the back end. If he can turn that into, you know, turnovers, if he can, he can cause turnovers and and really just be the glue on the back end, I think that defense is going to be just as stellar this year. You know, I like that you said Jimmy Ward. Um, You know, one of the questions I was going to ask you later on is, and I kind of want to jump into this now a little bit, what is the opportunity for Tarverius Moore? Uh, Javier, I want you to kind of pick up on this. Is he going to get more playing time? I think the answer is yes, but if he does, who the hell is coming off the field? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, what do you do? Do you go with one linebacker and you have, you know, three safeties out there? Do you go with a big dime set? I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl um, how they, they utilized Jimmy Ward in kind of a slot kind of hybrid safety position and then Tavares Moore kind of roamed center field there. Um, he did generate that turnover, that second one, which where most 49ers fans like, oh, it's over. We got him. It's Super Bowl's done. I know I got those text messages. and I was like, no, it's not done. Um, but – Tavares Moore deserves an opportunity. You saw he's a, his ability to make plays. Yes, he had some bad angles in the two two or three starts he had um, this past season, but those things you can learn and correct. That's that's a that's a correctable issue. It's not like he has issues with um, locating the ball and tackling. He didn't have any of those type of problems. He just had angle issues with with chasing down receivers and, and running backs and things like that. Um, the opportunity would be there in a big dime situation, um, and it just matters of who's coming off the field. Is that Dre Greenlaw? Is it Quan Alexander? Obviously, Fred Warner staying on the field, so you're never going to have him off the field. Um, do they go three linemen, two linebackers, and then you know you have your three safeties and, and your slot corner? It's 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 going to be it's that's for Robert Sala to decide. But Tavares Moore does have all the tools and um, 
skills to get the job done. I, I feel he's if I were I know the Niners like Jimmy Ward, but if I was John Lynch and I didn't and you didn't or kind of price himself out, I would have felt very comfortable to various more being the uh Deep safety. safety. Let, let deep me safety. ask you this, Matt. Is there any chance that Tarvarius Moore can take snaps away from Jaquaski Tart? I, I believe so. I believe so because I think uh, it, what Jaquaski Tart does on the field is he's he's more of your strong safety type. He does cover relatively well. But I, I feel like Jimmy Ward can tackle just as well, if not better, than Jaquaski Tart. He might not be as solid of a blitzer off the edge like uh, Kwaski is. When he comes off the edge, he's, he's pretty. Him and K1 Williams are two of my favorite players. I love to see blitz. Because it seems like every time they blitz, something good happens for the 49ers defense because the, it catches the offense completely off guard. I don't know why they do it all the time. Um, but I think Moore can because if they want to put him, like Javi said, if they want to put him at center field and let him roam and be the supreme athlete that he really is because he's such a good athlete. If they just want to let him play single high center field, I'm comfortable with that. And if they feel more comfortable with Jimmy Ward coming down in the box than Jaquaski Tart then I think that's something we could see. Jaquaski Tart is in the last year of his contract, so they don't need to they don't need to worry about his development as much, right? I think this is the last year we see Jaquaski Tart in red and gold. I think after this year they will let him walk, and because of that, I think it's smart if you're going to keep around Tarverius Moore and Jimmy Ward as your two long-term safeties. It's smart to get them the playing experience and you know just the the playing time, so they can really get comfortable in this defense moving forward. Moving Perfect. Forward. All right, Javier, your turn. Four most important or pivotal players for the 49ers for the 2020 season. And you can overlap some. I know uh, Jimmy G is probably going to be in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I went with four different ones, uh, both rookies, uh, T- Trent Williams, and then whoever is playing right guard. Um, we saw the uh, interior offensive line um, struggle in the Super Bowl. Chris Jones decided to manhandle <laughs> Mike Person and um, Ben Garland in the Super Bowl. So we, we need to shore up that that – Interior interior offensive line. So whoever's at right guard, whether that be um, Daniel Brunskill, um, Colton McKivitt, whoever's going to be there, they have to be they have to be better than what Person was and what Ben Garland gave us last season. So those that's a pivotal position. You know, you don't want to see Jimmy Garoppolo always under pressure and having to throw off balance, and that's part of the reason why you get a lot of interceptions from Jimmy. Not obviously he has some field division issues, but some of the times he's thrown some picks, it's because he's got pressure right in his face up the middle. And that's usually, that's where most of the times the Niners struggled in those games against Baltimore, against the Falcons, against the the Rams, even against the Seahawks up the middle is where the pressure's coming. So they got to solidify that right guard position. Um, Trent Williams, obviously for, for a lot of people, he's an upgrade over Joe Staley. Um, we haven't seen him play in two seasons or yeah, about a season and a half. So we got to see what he brings to the table. And, is he going to play really well and earn himself a really big contract? Um, obviously, you want to have a strong left tackle in the run game and in the pass game. So that's vital for Jimmy Garoppolo's success to have him protected. You want to keep your quarterback upright. We know Jimmy has an injury history. We don't want to get him hurt. Um, and then the rookies. Tim Law has to at least give 80% of the production DeForest Buckner was given us. That has to happen um, for this defensive line to stay where it was or very close to where it was last season. And then Brandon Ayuk. If he gives you five, six hundred yards reception, five hundred, six hundred yards receiving, um, you know, on thirty-five catches, that is where you want to be. Um, and then, of course, with Debo being injured, Ayuk is likely going to have to step up early on in the season if we have a season. Um, but I would, those would be my four guys that would have to step up and maybe major parts of this offense and defense um, 
um, for the Niners to get back, to, to, get back right. to Super Bowl. No, I, I like that. And it, it, it's interesting with the rookie class this year just because of COVID and the lack of all the stuff. You know, I know Ayuk's been working out with Kendrick Bourne, which is great. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. L- let's stay with this. Uh, uh, Matt, let's go to you. If you had to pick by what week will Brandon Ayuk actually be a starting wide receiver, You know, one of the two starting wide receivers for the 49ers, what point in the season do you think that he'll be ready for that role? Well, it's going to have to be sooner rather than later, right? Because as you look at the 49ers wide receiving core, the only one that is going to be healthy, guaranteed week one, you know, knock on wood, is going to be Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne is going to be the only guy that comes in with true experience with this offense because it's just him and Debo coming back. Basically, Trent Taylor has been in the offense. Yes, Jalen Hurd. Yeah, he had a training camp in, in preseason last year. But it was by far it was Kendrick Bourne and Debo Samuel come back with the most experience. Ayuk's going to have to have this ready to go. And I hope that he's able to go week one starting directly opposite of Kendrick Bourne, I think, working with Kendrick. And if you watch some of those videos he releases – Kendrick Bourne's teaching. He's coaching. He's not just out there just having a good time. I know he just seems like a guy who likes to dance and, and, and do some celebrations, but he knows how to play the position, and he knows Shanahan's offense really well, just how he went from undrafted free agent to starting wide receiver by year four. It's not an easy thing to do in the NFL, especially the receiver position where you're looking at guys that have been drafted super high. Dante Pettis taken in the second round. Debo Samuel taken in the second round. Ayuk now taken in the first round. That's just the last three years for the 49ers. So for Kendrick Bourne to be able to work up and be like, he's like, I'm starting above all those guys. That's great. That's really good for him. Ayuk, I think we'll see it for sure by week six. I think by week six is when he takes over for Kendrick Bourne starting. I think we'll see a lot of Kendrick Bourne in the slot. I think the slot is going to get the most the heaviest of the rotations. I think Jalen Hurd, Trent Taylor and Kendrick Bourne can all play that position. And I think that it's just super easy for Shanahan to have the same formation, but he can run, six different groups of personnel and run 36 different plays out of that same formation. That's just how Shanahan works and operates. So I think by week six, we're going to see Brandon Ayuk as, you know, Debo Samuel, number one, Brandon Ayuk, number two. Um, I'm very excited to see Ayuk in this offense. Same here. And let's go to you, Javi. Uh, You know, I put this, this poll out on Twitter uh, about an hour ago. Who is going to have the most receptions at the wide receiver position outside of uh, Kittle and Debo, even though Kittle doesn't play tight end? Who is going to be the third leading reception leader for the season for the 49ers, Javi? Uh, it's going to have to be Brandon Ayuk. And I think I, put, I think I hit Ayuk on your poll earlier today. Um, <laughs> About uh, <laughs> over 300 votes. And, and let's see here. Brandon Ayuk's at 36.5%. And it, tell us why you and the Twitter community are correct. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it, for me, it's Ayuk or Jalen Hurd, and I think um, what Ayuk is learning right now with Kendrick Bourne. I think something that stood out in the video that Kendrick Bourne posted the other day was how he was saying Kyle used to curse him out. Like he said, like if you listen to closely, Kyle, he's like Kyle cursed me out for not getting this route right, and he's he's repeating it, repeating it, repeating it over to Ayuk. So that's gonna be beneficial going into the season. Um, Ayuk's ability to stretch the field, he can take the screens, he can take the slants. He, he's what I said during, you know, before pre-draft, before the draft. I, I thought Ayuk would be Kyle Shanahan's Odell Beckham. Um, he fits that mold. I don't think he's Odell Beckham right now. Obviously, Odell is an established wide receiver, but there's a lot of similar traits between the two, between those two. And Kyle loves Odell, so I can see why he liked Ayuk so much. Um, and we saw it with Debo Samuel once right around that midway point you started seeing the picking up 
his receiving numbers started to pick up. Um, and I think that's going to be the same thing with Ayuk. Middle of the season, he starts getting the playbook down. He'll get he'll start getting more receptions, and you'll see him get a lot more targets. I think at one point, Debo had like 11 or 12 targets in a game, and then he had that game where 10 receptions against the Cardinals. So it, it's going to come, and I think Ayuk will be the guy. I mean, you, when you invest – a first-round pick. Not only you trade it up in the first round to go get him, you have to get him the ball, whether you force-feed him or not. Um, at one point, the Niners were force-feeding Debo the ball, too. So even you know, Sanders on the field. So um, hopefully Debo's healthy. There's, those two can play off each other, and you should see you know, maybe a 35-40, 45-catch season for Ayuk. If it's more, great. Um, but I think that's kind of where Ayuk would be, and he gives you that deep that deep threat. I th- I think a lot of you know the fantasy football impact on football fans and analysts is you know if you're not having a thousand yard season and eight touchdowns, it's a bad <laughs> year and whatever else. And it, what we saw from Debo last year was an anomaly. I mean, that was in- incredible how quick he was. Put into the offense, and you know, all the way up to the Super Bowl, you saw him be one of the most dominant players on the field. Um, wish we would have gave him the ball a little bit more, but that's okay. Um, but <laughs> I think with Ayuk, man, I think that learning curve is going to be a little slower. Um, I, I don't think that he's going to one. He didn't have the Senior Bowl, um, you know, get together with Shanahan and the offense and all those things. But really excited. I I personally voted for Jalen Hurd. I am the president of the fan club, um, and, and <laughs> I. I I really hope he's healthy. I know he's running routes. I know he's catching. I know he's working out. But, man, I hope that back holds up against contact because he's so damn physical. Um, but if Jalen Hurd, man, I am i don't know. The ceiling on that kid drives me crazy just thinking about it. Really excited <laughs> about that. All right, let's go to you, Mr. Matt Barr. In your opinion, what position is the weakest for the 49ers currently? What position is the biggest kind of like question mark or, you know, if the 49ers don't have a good season, this is why. Interior offensive line. So I think it's the guard and center position. And I know it's easy to sit here and go, oh, well, it's cornerback. I don't really think it's – I don't think it's cornerback. I, I, I really don't think so. I think Richard Sherman's still playing at a really high level. I think Emmanuel Mosley is incredibly underrated. I think everybody likes to look at some blown coverages in the Super Bowl and say, these guys can't play. Well, they were the number two pass defense in the league last year. And I know I said a lot of that right on, on the pass rush getting home, but they still played really well. Uh, Keller Witherspoon, you know, he if he can keep his head on straight, he has all the tools. He has all the talent. He has shown the ability to be a top-end plus starter at cornerback on the boundary. But it just seems like once one little thing goes wrong, it starts to snowball for him, and it goes downhill quick. If he can, if he can get that out of his head and get out of his own head and just play ball – He's good. Um, and then K1 Williams is one of the best, if not the best, slot corner in the game. And he's incredibly underrated. It's just a lot of these guys don't get name recognition because everybody wants to look at the Nick Bosa's, the D Fords, the Eric Armsteads, the Fred Warners, you know, the Richard Shermans. They don't want to look outside of that scope. And it's just if the casual fan doesn't know their name, it's just perceived as a very weak point. And I think we saw that when we saw all the mock drafts leading up to you know, leading up to April was it had the 49ers going corner early and often in just about all of the mocks. And then we didn't see them draft one. We didn't see them draft one. I think that's because Robert Sala knows what he has in the secondary and they are comfortable with that group. Can Tim Harris come back? The second year guy from UVA who was registered last year, can he come in and play really well? I don't know. I know I spent a lot of time talking about a group that I don't think is the worst in the corners, but for the, for the group that I think is the weakest, I do think it is the interior offensive line. Western Richburg is a really solid center, but he can never stay healthy. He's had injuries year in, year out. For, like, 
as long as he's been with the 49ers. He's, he's very highly paid, and he doesn't play enough to, to warrant that contract right now. Um, Javi touched on it. You know, whoever's going to play right guard is vitally important to, to the 49ers. Uh, Tom Compton, Ben Garland. Right? It's got to be it has to be. I, I don't see any way it's not Brunskill. I think Brunskill is very good. But, you know, what was last year it was last year an anomaly for him? Did he did it really start to click with him? Does this offense work for him? Is that why he was so good? Or is it just he just happened to have a good game? Because we also saw him have some not so great games. Um, I know Aaron Donald put him to work in week 16. <laughs> um, so we've seen we've seen really good and really not so good from him. Um, and then Lakin Tomlinson, he seems like he's gotten better every year that he's been in San Francisco. He's a great player to trade to, like trade for from Detroit. Uh, it's one of those change of scenery players. Once change of scenery comes, you know, he, he manages to work through it. Um, but I just think that group in all, I think any injury there sets that group further back than any other group on on the team. Yep. One injury there is is more devastating than just about any other position. Javi, do you have a different position, or would you agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's uh, you know, we saw it come, we saw it be an issue. Like I said, um, in the Super Bowl, you saw it with, at the Atlanta game, Grady Jarrett was working the interior offensive line. Aaron Donald, it's it's Aaron Donald. I, mean, I get that, but mm-hmm. you know, this year the Niners are going to face some pretty good interior defensive linemen. Fletcher Cox comes to mind. Um, you know, you want to get that shirt up, and you don't want to get your quarterback injured. And if you know your your quarterback has no time to throw the ball. You're not going to be able to move the offense. I know Kyle can get pretty creative um, with the offense, to, you know, to kind of slow up the pressure. But at the same time, if your interior offensive line can't save, can't block for anything, you're in trouble all day, every day. So, uh, right guard, like we said earlier, Brunskill, Mikavitz, maybe, and then um, Richburg. You know, he's been he's been injured pretty much his entire career. He was he had the concussion issue in, in New York. He ended up having um, the eight what was it the uh, ACL or whatever it was the patella tendon tear this past year he had a, an issue with his knee the year before he's just constantly injured on those on the leg injuries it's not his fault because um, the one against the Saints he kind of got rolled up on so it's not like he you know just t- took a step and and he got injured but it just he has the he has the ability or he has the issues with injuries so they got to fix that Lake and Thomason he's been getting better and for the value of the trade. Was it a fifth round pick they traded for for him? He's he's been he's been a pretty good value there. Um, and then of course, um, you know you got to make sure McGlinchey stays healthy and and Trent Williams stays healthy. So there's a lot of question marks across the entire offensive line because we did see McGlinchey get hurt last year. So hopefully we don't see any more of that stuff with him. Last year, kind of Brunskill was the guy, the glue that went wherever, you know, played left tackle, right tackle, right mm-hmm, guard. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm, I think they mm-hmm. want McKivitz to be that guy. I think they like School yeah. as the swing tackle. Yeah. But I think they're much higher on McKivitz than they are school. Uh, so I wouldn't be so – I think he's going to get playing time at some point. Um, there's going to be some movement uh, somewhere on the offensive line. Hopefully yeah. they, they stay in, healthy, but in, somebody's going to be in there. In, ahead, in defense of Justin School real fast, everybody likes to point back to the Packers game when he was pulled uh, in, in favor <laughs> of Brunskill. Uh, he, was, you know, he took over for Staley, and he was just getting beat like a drum by either Zadarius either or Preston Smith, whichever one of the Smith brothers were doing their thing. Um, but also it should be noted in that game that everybody liked to form their whole opinion about Justin School. He had a bruise from his hip all the way down to his ankle. So he was not 100%. I, just, it's like, I like to defend players that they have little-known injuries or stories to them that, that prevented them from playing the best they could, and they just kind of get dumped on by, by a fan base. And Justin School, I think they are very comfortable with as the swing tackle. I think he showed enough last year as a rookie sixth-round pick, which you're not expecting a whole lot out of, to hold his own 
um, at the tackle position, and and I, I think they are comfortable with him as a swing tackle. And again, in the Super tackle. Bowl, when Staley had to step out, mm-hmm. it was school mm-hmm. that they put yep. in there, not Bruce yep. School. So yep. uh, there's definitely the loyalty with Kyle Shanahan is so much, unless you're Matt Breida, um, that it, it's there for sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm with you there. All right, real quick. Let's go, Javi. I just want a quick number answer on this one. The George Kittle mm-hmm. deal, how much mm-hmm. per year – and we're we're going to save this one and retweet it whenever he does sign. How much per year will will this deal average? Fifteen and a half. Matt. So I originally was thinking seventeen and a half because I I heard some rumors that he was asking for eighteen and I don't think they were going to be able to work him down very much. Uh, it just came out yesterday that Matt Barrows was saying it could be as low as thirteen, thirteen five. Uh, to be a little bit team friendly, I think George Kittle has that in him. I think he realizes that a couple million here, a couple million there, isn't necessarily worth putting the team back. I'm going to say four. 14, Dang it, that's five. what I had to. Uh, I'm gonna go fourteen point four nine nine. I'm gonna one dollar bid you. There you go. Uh, there there so, you go. Anyway, <laughs> the price is right, man. The price Don't is you right. just want to flip somebody right. off every single time they do that? Just like underbid them by one dollar. Uh, all right, here we go. Let's stay with the quick answers, Matt. Who are the two starting linebackers in nickel package week one? Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw. Uh, any disagreements there? None. It, it's crazy to pay Quan that much money and him only play, you know, what, 30%, 40% of the snaps. Um, I know you can't get rid of him this we year. We were but paid. do you think Quan's going to be a 49ers long term, no. Javier? No. After I, I, I fully expect him to not be on the roster in 2021. It's just the money's, the, the money's too much for the amount of playing time they may get. Um, now, granted, if he has like a monster season this year, then maybe you keep him around. But just at the cost, it's really just the cost with Quan. Otherwise, he'd be fine anywhere else. But it's just the cost um, for him right now. And the restructure on that deal just kind of hurts the Niners' salary cap going forward. Especially with COVID, we don't know what the deal is with, with the salary cap. And if you have to dump a salary, he seems like a cap casualty. All right, staying with you, Javi. Who is the biggest threat to the 49ers in the NFC? Themselves. Look at that. That was good. He went straight Neo on there. Um, what about you, Matt? Um, I'm going to say the Seahawks. I just, there's something about the Seahawks when they play the 49ers. The NFC East doesn't scare me. You can talk about the Cowboys and everything that they got. Um, I don't think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. I don't think he's a winner. The Saints don't don't necessarily scare me. Drew Brees is a year older, and if you can get them outside the dome, they are not the same team. The Packers were the most fraudulent 13-3 and team in the history of 13-3 and teams last year. They did nothing to help Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is another year older. Their defense <laughs> stinks. Kyle Shanahan has Mike Pettin's number. That we when we had Adam Rank on the pod to talk about his um his his prediction for the 49ers, he called the Packers a second bye week. So it's just the Packers aren't a threat. I don't think Minnesota's a threat. Uh, Arizona, I still think is a year away. They got to get more pieces on the offensive line and in the defense to help Kyler Murray really take the next step. Um, I think they're going to be better than last year. I don't think they're a playoff team just yet. So a lot of people are super high on the Cardinals. I'm not quite there yet. Um, the Rams are slowly imploding, and they're going to just, I don't know, they're just going to disappear in L.A. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I really think it's the Seahawks because as long as Russell Wilson's on the field, the Seahawks have a chance to win any single football game they're in. Man, I saw something yeah. crazy today that I would have never guessed. Russell Wilson has never re- received one AP vote for MVP. Don't get Travesty. I mean, I, obviously, I hate the Seahawks, but golly, that guy, he's been unbelievable. <laughs> Um, all right, let's stay with this kind of quick lightning round question. We'll stay with you, Matt. What week does Debo make his first start? Week four. Week four? 
week four. So it's going to be after the opener, and then they're not going to play him in New Jersey for back-to-back games. So once they come back home for week four, that's when he plays. Yeah. Uh, I had a week four, week five. I think they would need him against the Eagles. Eagles secondary is pretty good, so that would be a good game for him. That'd be a good test game for him too to come back, test out all the test out the foot against you know Darius Slay. They they've they've done some pretty good things there with their their corners and safeties. So yeah, I would say week four as well. Monday night football, Debo makes the return, eight catches, one twenty five touchdown for Debo. Uh, that's going to be one of the pivotal kind of you know NFC power rankings, whatever. Uh, I, I'm pretty excited about that game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, all right, Javier. Last year, Raheem Mostert got 137 carries. Will mm-hmm. he eclipse mm-hmm. 200 carries in the 2020 season? Um, no. Kyle Shanahan says no. Just it's uh, <laughs> it's always going to be running back by committee with Kyle. And I think you know we may see Raheem get. Well, I mean, he got 137. He started getting more towards the end of the season. I mean, it's possible. He can probably get to that 200. Um, but I think more like 150, 160 is kind of where his range is because Kyle's going to want to have a, you know, a healthy stable. He's going to go with that Bill Belichick model. You know, you want to just keep guys fresh as possible, go throughout the season at running back. And then, you know, this kid, Hasty and, and Savan Ahmed, I think those two guys have an opportunity to steal some snaps from people. And then, um, of course, what what to expect from Jet McKinnon? That's also going to be a reason why Mostert doesn't get 200 carries. There you go. Do you think he makes it, Matt? 200? No, no, no. It's just because Kyle Shanahan hates Kyle Shanahan hates fantasy football. He hates <laughs> fantasy football, so he refuses to let these guys do it. I know you said you, before we got on here you wanted us to disagree, but I can't just because 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 uh, I I did a little quick math on my calculator on my phone. That's 12 and a half carries a game to get to 200. I don't think Raheem Mostert sees it. Tevin Coleman's going to start every game just to really piss off the fan base because everybody everybody freaks out when Tevin Coleman starts and they think that he's they think it's like Madden that if he starts he's going to get all the carries. I'm so getting drunk tonight just, now no, just does. because of you two in the last 30 <laughs> seconds. So I really appreciate uh, what you're doing to my liver. It's, Thank you. It's uh you know Kyle, like Matt said, Kyle doesn't like fantasy football, and that's kind of what we we see with Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't pass in the, enough for the, the world's liking. So it's uh. It's Kyle plays a balanced offense, and he's going to do that with his rotation and wide receiver. Um, not not so much a tight end, but wide receiver in the running back room. He's going to have it pretty balanced. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, over under 10 interceptions. He had 13 last year. Um, does he correct? Uh, probably the biggest critique of most Jimmy G haters is the turnovers. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think? Interception totals for 2020? Uh, so you said over under 10? I'm going to push it. I'm going to push. I'm, I'm thinking 10 is going to be his number. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's come out and said, you know, uh, I'm more excited to work with him. And then you've heard the, the wide receivers talking with him saying that he's not rehabbing this year. He's not spending this offseason working on his knee and getting comfortable with his knee and building confidence in his knee. Now he gets to really focus on the offense and, and watch tape. And, and obviously we haven't seen him get reps yet except for Camp Jimmy, which was kind of a disaster uh, down in Nashville. <laughs> but um, – I think I think it's a push. I think ten is about right. I think he starts to see the underneath linebacker, and he he eliminates his Jimmy throw from about half of the games. He still has a Jimmy throw every once in a while, but I think he eliminates about half of them. Um, but I think he also pushes the ball further downfield with some more deep threats and Jalen Hurd, Brandon Ayuk. So interceptions will naturally come when you push the ball downfield a little bit more. So I'm gonna push at ten. All right, Javi. I'm gonna take the under. Go nine, right at nine. Um, same, you know, it's. He's got a full year under his belt in the offense. 
Um, he's got ability to not rehab a knee, like Matt said. Um, and this, the wide receiver room and tight ends, they just, they love the guy. So, I mean, everything they're saying is all positive around him and Kyle being excited. And, you know, Kyle got new toys in the, in the toy chest. Um, I think he's going to try to help Jimmy here a little more this season as well. You know, make things a little bit more defined in the route tree, um, for Jimmy to, to get the ball out. I know people will get to say it's a knock. It's a system QB, but to be frank, every quarterback in the NFL outside of Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes is a system quarterback period. It's just the way things are. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to go nine. Um, he, like he, Matt said, he's going to have a Jimmy throw. Um, it's going to happen. Uh, what I'm more concerned about is the fumbles um, with Jimmy. He's got to stop fumbling the ball under pressure. I think he had five lost fumbles last year. That's, that's huge. You know, if you're, you're fumbling the ball, inside your own 30 that you're giving the team you know three points that's 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 got to stop the fumbles really have to stop with Jimmy Garoppolo if we can get that interception number down to single digits I just don't see a way the 49ers are not a first or second seed in the play I I don't see it um I that's awesome I, I really hope that happens let's go to the defensive side uh Matt D Ford over under eight sacks on the year under seven and a half because again, I don't think he plays as much. I think he has that. In, he just has. He's just going to miss games. It's D Ford, so he's not going to play the whole time. I, seven and a half sacks. Uh, I think last year he had what six and a half. Yeah. So I think he gets one more than last year. Um, but yeah, so I'm going under. Javi? I'm doubling twelve. Oh. Twelve sacks, D Ford. Um, he got his knee cleaned up in the off season. Um, that that usually helps out going into the next year. Um, from what I understood, he had the PRP and then a cleanup. So that should help him out going into the season. Um, and then, you know, if he's gonna if he sees more than thirty percent of the snaps, he should he should be able to get that number. I mean, we saw him before he was an iron of the year that he was completely well, not completely healthy, um, but he ended up having like fifteen, sixteen sacks as a chief. And the Niners now know how to use him in practice. So he doesn't practice. He just kind of shows up for the games. Um, and that's gonna help uh, keep his season you know, a little bit healthier. They they mismanaged his practice reps uh, this past season, and uh, that was clear. So I think they fixed his practice reps, and he gets 12. I like it. I like it. Last question for both of you gentlemen. Will Jarek McKinnon be on the initial roster? Yes. Hard yes. Hard yes. You oh. talked about Shanahan. You talked about Shanahan's loyal to everybody except for Matt Breda. Well, the reason part of that is because he's got Jarek McKinnon. He <laughs> loves Jarek McKinnon. For better or worse, he loves Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I think Jarek McKinnon comes in and spells. He's the third down scat back. I think he's a guy that they might line up in the slot a little bit. Um, I think he's part of the reason why we're going to see less receptions for some of these wide receivers. Because mm-hmm. I think Jarek McKinnon's going to get 20, 30 of them, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you know that's taking them away from wide receivers. So I think McKinnon 100% is on the team, just because it doesn't it doesn't cost him anything. It did, he's playing for vet minimum, so yeah, definitely, 100%, hard yes, he's on the team. Yeah. I, I'm pretty excited about Jet. Uh, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just let us have something nice in 2020, and we can move on. It, it's what it is. I just, I want to see a... Go ahead. No, I, I want to see this a two-back set, Mostert, and uh, back there, and just, that's going to just mess with linebackers. You know, Blake Martinez isn't a Packer anymore, but he's they're going to mess with linebackers uh, <laughs> with that combination of, like, you know, that RPO type setup or the fakes and the potential reverses that can come out of that. You know, you got two speed backs back there, and both guys can catch the ball out of the backfield. 
you know, shit, might as well put Jet and Debo back there and see what happens. Like, it's Kyle has an imagination that I think he's going to utilize it all season. I just thought of that Debo and Jet back there. That's that's <laughs> that's pretty filthy. I'm going to put that on Madden and see what happens. It's going to be fun. I mean, you get that. Plus, you get like Kittle and Warner Warner back there at the same time, and just mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. basically the wishbone from a different formation. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the opportunities they're endless. But uh, gentlemen, I just want to say thank you. Uh, we don't have thank guests you, on very you. often on this show because I'm a narcissist. Uh, but I wanted to have you guys <laughs> on uh, because you guys are incredible. I, I love what y'all do. I love the product. And again, for anybody listening. Um, you got to go follow these guys wherever it is you listen to podcasts. The podcast available everywhere. I've checked. Um, it, it's awesome. It's a fourth and gold <laughs> podcast. And if you want to get to know these guys well, DM um, at Matt Bar underscore and explain to Matt why a hot dog is a sandwich because he needs help <laughs> in this area. Uh, it's it's it, he needs he needs your help, guys. Uh, this is what Twitter is for. And Javi, I do have to give you know just a shout out to you as well. He was on the Javon Kinlaw. Uh, tra- he ran the damn train before the draft and nailed it perfectly. So it, there are a few people that watch as much film as Javi. Uh, he knows his football. So at Javier V E G underscore, go talk some football with this guy. He's just an awesome human being as well. So just want to say thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Thank you, John. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.